Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 1 and uh, meet me at verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 1 and uh, verse 4. Spending some time this week praying about what I should share. There is a series that I am starting next week that's going to be very, very very good. I'm not going to even tell you what we're going to talk about. I'm going to surprise you, but I'm going to spend the next three weeks talking about it. And if I preach it correctly, it's going to be real quiet in this church. So I'm, I'm praying that I preach it correctly. So it's going to be good. And we're going to stay on that series the next three weeks. But I wasn't led to start it today. Um, by the spirit of God, I was led to speak on what we're going to share today. And we're going to pick up at verse four. It says, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I say, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. Somebody shout, I am with you. In a couple of last couple few weeks ago, we talked about the Lord is with me. I am with you, says the Lord. Look at verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched his mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And verse 10, see, I have this day set over you the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. To give you some background on this passage of scripture, we must understand that Jeremiah is a young prophet. He was born during a time under a really good king by the name of Josiah. Josiah was a godly king, a man after the heart of God. But abruptly, soon thereafter, Josiah died. He was, he was killed and his sons took over and his grandson. And we're talking about wicked men. These gods are anti-God. They don't have the heart of God and they are doing things against the will of God. And uh, Jeremiah, as a young man, uh, he because of the, the calling that's on his life, he decided to never marry or, or even have children. And, I, and Jeremiah, as he is making this, uh, uh, he's setting himself apart and sanctifying himself to hear the voice of God. And he's a young man bringing judgment and correction to the leaders of Israel and to the nation of Israel. He has a message of doom. His message is repent or be destroyed. And uh, he's, he's, he's a guy that really shows his emotions. I encourage you to read Jeremiah. He shows a lot of his emotions. We get a lot of insight on Jeremiah due to what he shared with us in his book. But he is a man who is called by God. Now understand that there was a problem that God had. Josiah, the king who was godly, has been murdered. And now his sons are taking over and they're anti-God. And so God has a problem. 
And his solution to the problem God had was to raise up a man. And we see here in Jeremiah, if you look at verse 4 again, uh, in verse, verse 4, it says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, look at verse 5. He says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, pause there. God is saying, Before I formed you, Jeremiah, in the womb, I knew you or I chose you. And so Jeremiah has been chosen before he was ever formed in the womb of his mom and dad. Matter of fact, before his mom and dad ever got together, Jeremiah was chosen. Before the seed met the egg, Jeremiah was chosen. God said, I knew you. Before your mom and dad were ever even born, I knew you. I chose you. And so there's a problem. That God has Israel is going the wrong direction, but God has a solution. And his solution is a person. I submit to you that God is not a respecter of persons. And if God chose Jeremiah, I submit to you that God has chosen you. You are a solution to a problem that God has. Now, we don't like to think in terms of God has a problem, but uh, look around you. Just open your eyes and look around you. This is not the will of God that we're living in. And so God says, I need answers. And his answers are found in individuals. And so before you were ever born, I don't care how you got here. I don't care how you arrived. I don't care if you uh, were a mistake. I don't care if your mother was a single mom. I don't care if your parents never wanted you. I don't care if you never met your parents. God knew you. Oh, this is so very important. And he chose you to get here. Do you know the odds of you getting here are, are slim to none? I mean, just do a little scientific study of how we arrive. It's real difficult to arrive here on the earth, but you made it here. It's not by accident. It's by the divine will of God that you are here. Everyone in this place, everyone listening to me live, everyone listening to the replay has a purpose in life. And that purpose is why you exist. Everyone has a purpose and everything has a purpose. Matter of fact, the chairs that you are sitting in right now, there was a problem. People were tired of standing. We got to give them, and they don't want to sit on the floor anymore. So we got to come up with something in between. And it came up, somebody came up with a chair. And that chair was designed and invented and was deliberate in showing up here on the earth, and it provided a solution to the problem that we were having. So an inventor, a creator, had an idea and said, there's going to be a problem, here is the solution. It's a chair. Likewise, God says there's going to be problems on the earth. There's going to be situations on the earth. And i got to bring, I've got to create Someone to come into the earth to answer the problems that are in this earth. 
Oh, this is so powerful. If you understand that Jeremiah was born under Josiah, who was a good king. At that time, things were going well. You would think, well, what, what kind of calling does Jeremiah have when things are going well? But shortly thereafter, things took a turn. So God had already beforehand prepared for Jeremiah's arrival in this earth for such a time as this. You could have been born in the 20s. You could have been born in the 30s. You could have been, and some of you have been, and I'm talking about 18, 20, let me back up. Some, some people say, well, I, have, I was born in the 20s, praise God. Yeah, because there are people, praise God, 100 years ago. In the 1820s, you could have been born. In the 1600s, you could have been born. In the 1400s, you could have been born. But God so chose that in this season, you are here and you have a purpose. There is a reason for your existence. And we live in this world and this world uh, and most people don't uh, don't know their purpose. Most people don't understand their purpose so they they simply think they don't have a purpose when the fact of the matter is the truth of the matter is everyone it was created on purpose for a purpose. But we live in a society where where purpose has been um, ignored. Or, or, or to them, it hasn't been revealed. And so if you don't walk in your purpose, you'll begin to walk in what I call abuse, which is the abuse of purpose, which is abnormal use. That's what abuse is, abnormal use. And so people are walking around. Just open your eyes. They're walking around utilizing their life and their bodies and their minds abnormally. And they are abusing the God-given gifts and talents that they possess. But every one of you, every individual under the sound of my voice has been uniquely graced with gifts and talents and ambitions. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. You have been granted certain types of gifts and talents. There are certain things that you that 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 that, that get you excited. And there are certain passions that you have. And there are certain desires that you have. Likewise, there are certain frustrations that you have. And there are certain things that really irk you. And there are certain things that get on your nerves. Those are indicators of what God has called you to do to solve a problem on the earth. Now, we're not, we're, we may not be like Jeremiah in that we are the prophet, the major prophet in that area di distributing the word of God. That may not be us, but there were other prophets in that time too that all served, all had a purpose, and all helped the word of God that was coming through Jeremiah. Listen, you may not have all the answers for the world problems, but there are problems that God has called you to solve. I don't care how old you are or how young you are, God has called you to solve these problems on the earth. He has given you a purpose. You are not here by accident. You are not a mistake. God has divinely and intricately and fearfully and wonderfully crafted you, developed you. He, you, you're the, you're the right, you're the right color. You're, you're the right gender. You ain't got to figure out if I'm the right gender or not. You are the right gender. God has put you 
on the earth for such a time as this. And I like what he said in verse five. Let's look at it again. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Watch this. Before you were born, I sanctified you or I set you apart. And then here it is. I mean, I, I, I'm, and I've ordained you. I purposed you to be a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah says, well, I'm too young. Blah, say, blah, why, not, why me? And God says, listen, uh, it's going to be you, and I'm going to put the words in your mouth. And then he tells them what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. He tells them something so very important. He says to them, I will be with you. Th that right there makes you a success. You are successful because the Lord is with you. It's not because of your the fruit that abounds to your account. It's not because of your ingenuity and your intelligence and your linguistics. It's because of the Lord is with you. And when you recognize the Lord is with you, you are a success. And so each and every one of us has a purpose. Each and every one of us has been granted a reason for our existence. And God wants to reveal it to you. See, see, your parents don't even know your purpose. I, when I've got four kids. When, when I have to listen to the Lord and observe them to find out what is God doing in their life. I, I don't know that. Because I'm not the one that purposed them. Although we birthed them, we didn't purpose them. So only the, the creator himself knows your purpose. It, it's, it's real amazing watching our kids grow. And, and, and I'll brag on Zai. You guys know Zai. I mean, overachiever. Overachiever. I mean, Zai is going to do more than you ask and she's going to do it better than you think she's going to do it. And she's and if she don't do it that way, it hurts her. I didn't know that until we start observing her. I was she wasn't born. I, and the Lord said overachiever, you know, no, 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 no. I, I had to observe. Her. Look at Zavin. I mean, I can't play an instrument at all. Stacy can't play an instrument at all. This guy plays the drums, the keys and, and guitar. How do we? God didn't tell me he was going to do all that. I had to observe him. 10 years old. And we said, oh my goodness, look at what the Lord wants to do. And it's like, there's a purpose for him. And so, uh, and somebody needs to hear this. In my house, Zavin can't quit playing music. God's gifted him. And he can't tell me at 10 years old, I don't want to play no more. You better get in there and start playing that, that musician. Now, people disagree with this. I talked to a man one time. His kid was very good at baseball. He had scouts coming to watch him. Very good. And the kid told him at like 13 years old, he didn't want to play baseball anymore. And the dad said, okay. He said, I want to skateboard. And the, the dude started skateboarding. And then what did skateboard get him? Nothing. Could have had full ride, scholarship, baseball. He's not old enough. Listen to me, parents. He's not old enough to decide. Now, if he reaches a certain age, then he can say, dad, I don't want to play no more. Well, you grow. But 10, you're not grown. You're good at that, and we're going to keep you playing that. Come on, somebody. I'll give you an example on Zai. Uh, she was started swimming, and, and, you know, she was, she was going, and we are going to practice. She said, I want to quit. I said, no, no, we, not, we don't quit. The Alexander's, now, that's what we don't do. We don't quit. You're going to keep going, keep going. And she's like, I just, I'm just not that good. So I went to the, I went to the teacher. 
And I said, swim instructor. I said, is I good at swimming? And the swim instructor said, oh, well, you know, see, this is what, see, what we like to do is, I said, no, 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 cut to, I want to cut to the chase. I'm a parent that's got thick skin, okay? I don't need the the seven steps and and what you're going to do to get her better. Is she good? Can she get a scholarship? The swimmer said, well, see, if we, now, if we do this, I said, no, 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 you're doing it again. Can she do it? And the swimmer said, no, she can't. I said, praise the Lord, she's going to finish this session, and she will not be back. I'm going to let let her go. (laughs) Hallelujah. But see, we, we have to discover. And they're not old enough. Listen to me, parents. They're not old enough to decide what, what they want to do and what they don't want to do. I hear parents, oh, you, we give our kids a vote. No, they, no, 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 no. No, they, they, now you can listen to your kids. I didn't say don't listen to them. But I, they voting on what, we're, what a family's going to do. No, 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 no. You be the leader of the home. You lead in God and direct, and it's helping them develop the purpose and the identity that they're going to have in life. It's purpose and identity. Somebody shout purpose and identity. And so when you see your kid doing something well, uh, keep pushing them to do that. And if they're doing something that, that's not so good, don't make them do that because they have to discover and you as the parent has to discover as well what God has designed for their life. And, and as, you, as, you, as you watch them, and then as you look at yourself, because listen to me, you're, there are traces of your destiny found in the traces in your history. That's a powerful statement. Listen to me. You can look in your history and find out your destiny. Just look at the little things that the Lord's done for you in the past. And he is showing you. It's like it's like he gave you like a glimpse, like just a whoop. There's a glimpse of of, of where you're going to be. Just these glimpses. So don't 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 despise small beginnings. I didn't mean to share all this. Somebody needs to hear this. Don't despise small beginnings and don't despise uh, those those dreams and visions that you have. Because he's giving you glimpses. Of your future. And so God has already prepared the future for you, but he's got to prepare you for the future. That, that's what the work is. The work is in you. It's not in him preparing the, the future. He's preparing you for the future. And so he, he'll give you little glimpses along the way of your future when you recognize these glimpses. Uh, dreams, they could even be in dreams. When you recognize them, you, you notice, okay, God has... A purpose for me. Listen to your kids as well. If they're dreaming, when my kids tell me they dream, I always want to know what the dream is. What's the dream? What did you dream about? Well, I dreamed this and that. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Now, if they dreamed about, you know, um, some some scary monster chasing down the road, we said, no, that's a demon. Get thee behind me, Satan. But if they have a dream, I listen to it. I was was, uh, nine years old, and I had a dream. And, uh, and, and well, no, forgive me. It wasn't a dream. I feel led to tell the story. I was nine years old and I had a vision. It was an open vision. It means my eyes were open. And in the mirror, the mirror was foggy. I just got out the shower. You know how the mirror fogs up. Mirror was foggy. And I get out the shower and I look in the mirror and I see 
thousands of people in the mirror. Just, just people, not faces, but just people. And the Lord spoke to me at nine years old. When I looked at that, he said to me, he said, I want you to reach my people and, 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 and strengthen them. And you're going to be a, a you're going to be a minister and you're going to lead these people. And he said, and, and here's the word I heard. He said, you're going to be like Moses and you're going to deliver the people. Now I'm nine years old. I thought that was going to happen right then. I went to mom, I guess, tell Pastor Tyler that uh, I'm, I'm preaching this Sunday because he said, <laughs> let's deliver. She's like, no, 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 that's that's for down the road. Now, along the way, you guys know my story. I didn't I didn't go straight into ministry. Along the way, I worked at a bank, I worked at a bakery, I worked at Home Depot, and so on and so forth. Along the way, until the Lord sanctified or separated me into that calling. But there was a glimpse of my destiny found in my history. You've been purposed. God has a purpose for your life. If you still have breath in your lungs, God has a purpose for you. If you, if your heart is still beating, God has a purpose for you and he has chosen you. Somebody say, the Lord has chosen me. Now, how do you discover your purpose? We're going to find that in Matthew chapter 16. How do you discover your purpose? Matthew chapter 16. And uh, meet me at verse 13 and I'm going to read uh, to about verse 20. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And look at verse, well, we'll stop there. Verse 19 is good. Now, let's take a, let me give you a little background on this private conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. The crowd is not around. It's simply Jesus and his 12 disciples. And they've been with Jesus at this point for two and a half years. So in about six months, they, Jesus is about to go to the cross and give up his life for them and for us. But they don't know that yet. And uh, Jesus is talking to them. And, you know, I, I would do this, too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing this. He tells, he asks his team, his staff, what's the word on the street? What, what are people saying about me? What, what are y'all hearing about me? And uh, they respond. You know, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah. Some say you are, you know, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. If I would go down to my local Walmart, and I was asked, everybody in Walmart, who is Jesus? They, uh, I would get a variety. I mean, this is a very controversial question. And I would get a variety of responses of who Jesus is. And so they, you know, they say, well, you know, hey, good news, Jesus. Some say that you're John the Baptist. I mean, he, he's, he's well, very well respected. Good news, Jesus. Some say you're Elijah. I mean, very well respected. Good news. Some say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. That's, that's good news. Now, side note, humor, humor me here for a second. I was studying this this week, and this, this uh, pop, popped into my thinking, and I just started laughing. 
and I decided to share it. So how many of you know that song? And I like, I like the song, by the way. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. Man, I really, I really, I really like that song. And so I was looking at this passage of scripture. He says, some say you're John the Baptist, waymaker. Some say you're Elijah, miracle worker. Some say you're Jeremiah, <laughs> promise keeper, or one of the prophets. That is who you are. But I love the, I love the writers of this song. I love the song. It's a great song. But Jesus is not just a waymaker. If he's just a waymaker, John the Baptist could have fit the category. Jesus is not just a miracle worker. If he was a miracle worker, Elijah would have fit the category. Jesus is not just a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper. Many of all could have fit the category. He's not just one of the prophets. Simon says, after Jesus asked him, but who do you say that I am? It's one thing to hear what everybody else is saying. Who do you if you get this question wrong, your eternal destination is hell. Who do you say that I am? And all the other 11 disciples got quiet, except for Simon. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You're not one of anything. You are the anointed one. You are the Messiah. You are the burden remover. You are the yoke destroyer. Now watch this. Because he is the Christ, he is also a way maker. Because he is the Christ, he is also a miracle worker. Because he is the Christ, he is also a promise keeper. Because he is the Christ, he is also light in the darkness. See, he has to be the Christ first before he can demonstrate everything else in your life. He is the Christ first. He is not simply a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper. He's the Christ, the Savior, the anointed one, the bread of life, the resurrection and the life, the door. The, the shepherd, he's the light of the world. Hallelujah, that is who he is. And so Peter, by revelation, because Jesus said, bless, empowered to prosper, joyful are you, Peter. My goodness, you didn't get this through Grandma Pookie and Ray Ray. They didn't, they didn't tell this to you. Matter of fact, your friends didn't tell you this. Uh, no one told you this. But my father in heaven, that's the only one that told you who I am. See, in order to know who you are, in order to know who Jesus is, it has to be revealed from the creator. Come on, put your hands together. The creator has to reveal who you are. So don't let anybody else tell you who you are. Well, you can't do that because you're too old. What are you talking about? I mean, didn't, uh, didn't am I right? Didn't Kathy Truitt start uh, um, Chick-fil-A at like 60 years old? I mean, what are you talking about? Well, you, uh, Moses didn't get started to 80. Well, don't let people tell you, well, you know, you can't do that. You're the wrong gender. 
You're the wrong color. You can't do that. No. The creator tells me what I can and can't do. And, and, and the best is yet to come through me. And so he says, blessed are you, Simon. But notice, I like what he says. This. He says, and because you know who I am. He says, now it was Simon that said, you're the Christ of someone living God. And he said, because you know who I am, let me tell you who you are. Ooh, glory to God. He says, you are Peter. Glory to God. You're the rock. So because you, it's been revealed of who I am, I'm going to show you who you are. You are Peter. And on this rock, you are rock. I will build my church. First time we heard the word church in scripture, which is simply a body of believers, a collection of believers. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's not saying Peter is the, the church. He's not saying Peter's the foundation of the church. He's saying the revelation of who I am will build the church. I am the Christ. I am the son of the living God. I will build my church on this revelation of who I am. But when you know who I am, then I'm going to reveal, unveil, and you will discover who you are. Now, so we're walking around in this world, and people don't know who they are. There's an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. I mean, call me, you know, don't refer to me as he or she. Refer to me as they. Well, I'm not going to refer to you as they and them. That's pronouns that don't make sense. <laughs> or I'm a he, refer to me as a she. I'm not going to do that. You are a he. Matter of fact, I'll even go to this point. I know this guy's name is Jose. And Jose asked me a couple years ago to call, start calling him Joe. I'm not calling you Joe. Your name is Jose. <laughs> Identity crisis. And we wonder, well, what's going on? Why do you have a identity crisis? I'm, I'm simply put, they don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. Because if they knew Jesus and Jesus was revealed to them and they begin to discover him and they begin to go after him and they begin to yearn and crave for him, they then will become knowing who they are. And they'll say, okay, Jesus told me that I am this. Jesus told me that I am that. Jesus told me to start a church. Jesus told me to, to play the drums. Jesus told me to sing. Jesus told me to write a book. Jesus, Jesus is telling me these things. I'm getting it from Jesus. And now your identity is being discovered. And it comes through knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus, the creator, is how we discover our purpose and identity. And he left us a manual. This is a book of instruction. A manual for you to discover who you are. This is a mirror. James even says it, right, Dorothy? It's a mirror. You, you look into it and it reflects who you are. I don't have to guess who I am. I don't have to, I don't even have to figure out who I am. All I need to do is discover it. It's already done. It's already made. I don't know what it is, so I need to discover it. And the first step of discovery 
It's getting into the book of instruction, the manual of discovery, finding out who Jesus is, finding out who your creator is, and then he will unveil who you are and the purpose that you have in this life. Ooh, this is so powerful today. When we really know who we are, then we're not going to get our feelings hurt when someone calls us something else. Are you listening to me? When you know who you are, then you're not going to be upset when things don't work out the way you think they should. Yes, we're human and it may bother us for a little bit, but it ain't going to shake us and get us off course when you know who you are. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm talking about when you know it. I feel led to tell this story, but I, I, I served a large ministry and I may tell more of this story in another sermon. But I served a large ministry. I knew God had called me to be in the ministry. I knew he called me to lead. It didn't look like that was happening at the time. I served this large ministry. They fired me. Wrongfully, by the way, fired me. People start telling me, well, maybe, maybe you're not called. I mean, you got fired. Just maybe you're not called. I knew who I was. I knew what God called me to do. Thank God there were people that reached out to me, men of God, that said, don't let that, don't let that alter you. There's a call on your life. There's something God's got for you to do. You don't let all that alter you. That, that's man made a mistake. You know, men can make a mistake. Now, God is divine, right? And I believe it's what got me to Charlotte, actually, guys. It's really what got me to Charlotte. That severance got me to Charlotte. And I knew who I was. I, and I, I'm not saying I didn't have questions. I'm saying it wasn't enough to move me because I knew who I was through the word of God. I knew the purpose and I knew the call on my life that none of these other things will move me because I know what God's called me to do. You got to get that strong. I know what God's called me to do. And it may not be working out and it may not be looking right. And maybe you're thinking about your kids and don't look like they're going or your grandkids. It don't look like they're acting right, but God has called them. And I'm not going to let that shake me. You got to know who you are and know the calling that God has placed on your life. So through discovery of purpose is found in the identity of who Jesus is. Once we, I mean, and, and we got to go after him. We got to go after him. I mean, you need to go after him to the point, even in history. Where, where was he born? Why was he born? Why was he born in that area? I mean, go after him. Even in that way, because they'll lead you down a path that it gets you down another path that you begin to see Jesus in a way that most people won't see him. You know, Jesus, somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. Come on, shout again. Jesus. Jesus. Now, Romans chapter eight, real quick. Romans chapter eight. Let's look at verse 28. Romans chapter eight, verse 28. Glory be to God. We're, we're after identity. We're after purpose. And Paul tells us, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Look at verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now, these are some big Bible words, and we're going to take a moment to break them down. Go back to verse 28 and, and listen to me here. It says, all things work together for good to those who love God. Now, notice all things don't work together for good for everybody. 
Are you listening to me this morning? We like to say some heathen, something bad happens to a heathen. He's like, you know, you know, I, I just all things going to work together. If you don't love God, all things ain't going to work together for you. Somebody say amen. I mean, so there is a caveat here. There's a condition here. It's going to work together for those that love God. So don't tell no unsaved heathen it's going to work out for them. It ain't going to work out. Unless they know the Lord, there is no confidence of them of anything working out for them. So he says, all things work together for good to those who love God. Watch this. To those who are called. Somebody shout called. That word called means invited. According to his purpose, his purpose or purpose is the reason why you exist. So you are invited into the reason why Jesus exists. His purpose. It's, you are divinely selected. And watch this. Many are called. But few are chosen. And, and which ones are the ones that are chosen? The ones that answer the call. The ones that answer the call are the ones that are chosen. Many are called. Few are chosen. And so you've been divinely selected and invited to, to discover why he exists. And he says, for whom he foreknew. Now he's talking about you. He foreknew. Uh, that just simply means he knows beforehand. Foreknew. He knew beforehand. So like Jeremiah, he knew you beforehand. He also predestined. That's a Bible word. We're going to get into that later. But that Bible word simply means he predetermined or he prepared beforehand. So he knew you beforehand. He prepared beforehand. Glory be to God. Watch this. To be conformed. Somebody shout conformed. That means to be like, to be similar, to look like. And so he knew you. Well, first of all, he invited you because he knew you beforehand. He predetermined for you to look like and become similar to the image. That word image is picture, likeness, physical likeness, copy, behavior, the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn, talking about Jesus, among many brethren, that's me and you. So let me, let's break this down in layman terms. God knew you beforehand and God predetermined for you to act like, look like his son, Jesus. Mm. So what's my purpose in life? To look like, act like, follow, resemble, copy the behavior of Jesus. Jesus is the firstborn Amongst many brethren and sisters, you and I, Jesus is the image that we are to become. So what is my purpose and my identity in life? To become like Jesus. Now watch this. To, to look like him, to act like him, to behave like him, to become like Jesus. Look at verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also, there it is again. What does that mean? Predetermined. Or prepared beforehand, these he also called. That means he invited, divinely selected, whom he called, that's the invitation, these he also justified or declared righteous or declared innocent or declared as if you have never sinned before. That's what justify means. God's going to treat you like you have never sinned before. Woo, glory to God. He's going to treat you like you've never, you are innocent. 
Whoo, somebody shout, I'm innocent. Now, this is Bible. I'm just reading the Bible. I'm innocent. Shout it again. I'm innocent. He says, whom he predestined, prepared beforehand, these he also called, he invited. Whom he invited, these he also declared innocent. And whom he declared innocent, these he also glorified. And that word glorified means to shine. Woo, somebody shout shine. So this is what God wants you to do. What is my purpose in life? Pastor, you know, I've reached a certain age and I don't know what my purpose is anymore. Or, or I'm, a, I'm a certain age, I'm young and I don't know what my purpose is. Or I'm, I'm, I'm right in the middle, I just don't know what my purpose and my identity is. I'm submitting to you right now. Your purpose in life is to become like Jesus. To look like him, to act like him, to respond like him, to behave like him. When people see you, they should say, my goodness, I'm in, I was in the presence of someone, something. They shouldn't even be able to articulate it because you're simply looking, acting, resembling Jesus. Amen. Glory be to God. Your purpose in life is to look like Jesus. Well, well, I, well, I want to be a cook. That's all great. But first and foremost, look like Jesus and cook some good food. <laughs> well, and you know, uh, my purpose in, in life is to be an author. Well, that's great. Listen, writing books is a hard thing to do. That's great. But if you can't put pen to pad anymore, you can still fulfill your purpose and look like Jesus. We should be looking like Jesus. And then, and then the scripture tells us we'll shine. We'll shine. I just feel like no one knows who I am. Are you looking like Jesus? I just feel hidden and I feel by myself and alone. Are you looking like Jesus? Because here's the truth. Jesus had to get alone because everybody was, was after him. He had to pull away to get by himself. Leave me alone for a minute. Let me be alone. But if you're always feeling alone, it's because you are not striving to look like Jesus. And when you strive to look like Jesus, you will shine. Isaiah tells us, I believe it's chapter 60, verse 1, arise and shine for your light has come. See, you begin to look like him and then people will begin to see you. Now, they may not always love you because Jesus was hated. Jesus was talked about, mocked, abused, and accused, and ultimately executed. Are you, are you ready for that? Are you ready for people to look at you and, and you're just trying to be so gracious and kind and they say, hater? Are you ready for that? I'm ready for it, guys. I'm ready, I'm ready for the hate. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm 44 now. I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of, you know, trying to make everybody happy. I'm just, if you're going to hate me, just go on and hate me because there are more people that love me than that hate me. Amen. There's always more for you than against you. Remember that. Always more for you. And the ones that are for you, are, are they're, they're, they're silent. And that's okay. They got your back. They're praying for you. They're not in your face all the time telling you, I love you, I love you, love you. And they have a knife here and stab you in the back. No. No, they, 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 they're for you. And so our identity and our purpose in life is to become like Jesus every day, every moment, 
every obstacle. Don't cuss nobody out. No, no, that's not what Jesus would do. Well, let me let me take a break. I got to look like Jesus. You might feel like cussing them out, but no, no, I'm not going to cuss them out. I, I'm I'm going to respond like Jesus would. I'm going to turn my back. I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to, if I can't say nothing kind, what to say? Then don't say nothing at all. I ain't going to say nothing at all because I can't say nothing kind. No, they need to know who I am. Don't you, you messing with, you messing with me. And people have ended up dead before their purpose was God's purpose on the earth for them was fulfilled. They left the earth too soon because they were trying to be tough and trying to maintain their own uh, pride, essentially. You remember when the Popeye's chicken sandwich came out and they said people were fighting? I mean, what kind of mess is that? Losing your dignity over a chicken sandwich. That's not like Jesus. Jesus would say, y'all go ahead and go first. And if you run out of chicken sandwich, I probably didn't need one anyway. Come on, somebody say, look like Jesus. Jesus. Say, "I I am just like Jesus. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www truelifefc.org You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you and remember to love, learn, live and lead.